I'm Jackie Patton, Managing Director of Inkblot Creative, a new and very different communications and marketing agency. I'm so excited to be back with Series 3 of Stay Connected, where I have got the absolute pleasure of chatting to another fantastic group of business leaders, creatives, and everyone in between about how they stay connected. We chat about big goals, important relationships, and holding on to a sense of purpose when what's going on in the world isn't always in our control. I can't wait for you to join us for these conversations. So tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher for the next free episode. And if you're enjoying these chats as much as we are, I'd really love for you to leave us a review. This week, I'm talking to Ryan Williams, the chairman of the Jersey Green Room Club, an amateur dramatic society that was founded in 1909. Outside of his job in HR, Ryan devotes a lot of time to supporting local charities. And in this episode, I find out where his passion for the arts began. So sit back, relax, and grab a cup of tea. This is Stay Connected. Okay, so Ryan, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, At the beginning of all of our episodes, I ask my guests to bring along something that they feel really connected to, an object that they are um, find particularly special. So what have you brought along with you today? So I've brought this uh, plaque that my mum got me and it means um, something very special to me. And I'll read it out because I yeah, do. can't see it. It says, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Oh, I love that. Um, and it makes absolute perfect sense. I think we all live busy lives at the moment. Um, and it's just, uh, it's very important to to stop, think, breathe um, and to make a life instead of being so busy busy which um, I can't say that I practice what I preach so much but um, I certainly do try and that keeps me on my toes every day to to make a life. (laughs) I love that mums often like drop things like that as a hint as well don't they they're like look what I've got you hint hint you need to do this. I know I think she got from a charity shop as well which was absolutely even better because it means so much more. Yeah precisely (laughs) so you mentioned your mum there so are you and your mum close? Yes, we're very close. Me and mum are very close. My sister, my dad. Yeah, that's good. So did you, you grew up in Jersey, if I'm right? Yeah, Jersey, bred and born, uh, born in Jersey and stayed in Jersey and probably will stay in Jersey forever. Who knows? You went off, did you go to uni in the UK though? No, I stayed here and did uni. So um, yeah, life kind of took me down a load of paths really. But yeah, I I ended up staying here instead of going to the UK um, and managed to complete my business management degree on Ireland, which was more comforting really but there's there's a load of factors of why that was that's cool and I so we obviously just to give a little bit of an intro to you so you are the chairman of the Jersey Green Room Club which is uh an amateur dramatic society here in Jersey which is super old when I was doing my research for this episode 1909 it started 1909 I know I know the the oldest amateur dramatics in Channel Islands um, so obviously a lot of history, a lot of exciting history, and um, we've de- developed since then. Obviously, <laughs> you, you think so, yeah. being over a hundred, you know, hundred eleven years old. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, very, very, very lovely club, and obviously there's a lot of competition in the island. Um, but it's just nice to be a part of um, a club that is so historic and means a lot to not only uh, your parents but to your grandparents as well. Yeah, and was like kind of the arts part of your life growing up then? Yeah, so I think the earliest part of my that I can think of um, was um, I was in year 
two so probably what five six years old yeah, and I, yeah very little and I remember um being in Oliver and I think everyone's probably been Oliver sometime. <laughs> there you go sometime in their life and um, so I was this kind of five six year old walking um down it looked like an aisle but um I was at Gronvo school um and Gronvo school was getting renovated at the time so we all got moved into the old JCG building yeah, yeah. Um, where it's college gardens now. So that was my school for many years. Uh, so I walked in there and you have parents on your left, parents on your right. And um, there's me walking in with uh, probably a load of 30 other kids um, during Oliver at the very begin beginning of Oliver, uh, Mr. Bumble singing his part. And um, I, I just loved it. I, I just thrived off actually you know, walking past all the parents, being a part of something and feeling the energy. And I, I, I remember it to this day. So that was my earliest memory of um, being in theatre. Um, and then since then, I kind of developed of, right, I want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. That's it. I want to be on TV. I want to be on radio. That's it. So kind of it, it took me from there and throughout primary school, um, wanting to, to be a TV presenter, a radio presenter, um, and then went into secondary school. And there you go. I was on stage every year, main parts in Demon Ed Master, Aladdin, High School Musical, Grease, playing Doody with my oh, little Greece guitar. Great. Yeah, That's I love Grease. Gotta love Grease. Um, and, and took me from there, really. So in terms of theatre, that that was kind of um, my life. It, I, I loved it, but I didn't know that I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be a TV presenter two completely okay. different things <laughs> that is very that is a different thing yeah and how did that go for you interestingly it didn't kick off uh, the reason why was um so i went throughout primary school wanting to be um on tv or radio went into secondary school um wanting to be tv and radio um and people do ask me why didn't you want to pursue anything professionally you know if you loved musical theater why didn't you go to college or university and, and train or anything um and i think i knew at the time that i just loved it as a hobby um i didn't yeah. want to pursue it as a career so um obviously was on stage and loved it and then ended up going on to Highlands College and I did media studies because, you know, want to be a TV presenter, I wanted yeah, to be a I radio see presenter. See the kind of, yeah, so, you know, seven years of consistency of wanting to be a TV presenter. Completed my um, my media studies uh, diploma. Um, completed that and then ended up going on to childcare and education diploma to complete that. So a completely different route, uh, not knowing why I, I, I did it, um, but anyway, did it um and then I no longer wanted to be a tv presenter or a radio presenter it's funny isn't it how sometimes as you're growing up you have these ideas because it's one thing to think when I'm big I'd like to be exactly and it's another thing like you're saying back to that kind of sign your mum gave you you've got to actually build a real life right that you are happy every day getting up and doing the things you're choosing to do exactly. and sometimes those things don't match up when you get there mm -hmm. you either you you love what you're doing that's good you know no matter what you do whether it's work hobbies you need to love what you're doing but you need to have the separation of your hobbies do you want to pursue it professionally and if you don't then what do you want to do instead so you know from going from media studies and then childcare and education and then um, I, I took a period of absence off due to my health. Um, so I had a year off um, going back and forth to the UK in hospitals. And that was probably the year that I really thought, in fact, this is the time to really think of what I want to do. What do mm -hmm. I want to do? Didn't want to be a TV presenter or radio presenter anymore. Didn't want to go into um, childcare and education, although, you know, I worked in a lot of um, schools and nurseries throughout my placements and stuff. Um, I was a qualified swimming teacher 
um, from the age of 16. So I'd been doing that for nine years. Um, so, you know, it's connecting somewhere along the line. Um, but then I decided, I think I was so inspired with um, the UK hospitals and the Jersey hospitals from uh, treatment that I was getting that I wanted to go into healthcare. So suddenly I went from media into childcare and education and then into healthcare. So I became a healthcare assistant for um, a wow. good 18 months in um, the hospital, um, in community and in care homes. So you can imagine at the age of 19, in such a responsible role, um, you know, you certainly mature. Um, and it's just a lot to take on, isn't it? Like I'm in my 30s and I, you know, this year has definitely been a year of just being super thankful for anyone that does a job like that, right? But just, I keep thinking about all those people doing those jobs. I just, I could never do it. So, you know, when you hear about people that are really young that are going into that, you just think that's amazing, right? It's a lot to carry. Yeah. Uh, and do you know what I, I keep, I say to everyone, it was one of the most happiest, happiest periods of my life. Um, and um, I say my life, like I'm at the end of my career. I'm only at the start of my career, but, um, you know, it really, you grow up very quickly and you have to be so mature and you can imagine you're dealing with lots of vulnerable people, uh, both in hospitals, you know, you're having some sad conversations um, and talking about connecting, you're trying to connect with them all the time. So you're trying to connect with their family, themselves, mm -hmm. learning about them, um, but I encourage anyone to do it, whether it's kind of, you know, a work placement or some form of care. Um, it was amazing. And I'm sorry to hear that you were poorly and you had to go to hospital all over the shop. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? When things like that happen, it makes you reassess, right, what's my priority here? Yeah, exactly. What do I actually love? What do I actually care about? What's the big stuff for, you, for me as a person? Yeah, and that's what I mean. It, sometimes it takes one thing in your life to go, right, come on. And I know I was only, how old was I when, when that happened, when I took a period of absence off, it was around 2021. 20, so, um, or early actually, I think I was 19, 20. So um, it, it takes that time for you to, to reevaluate what you've been doing. And I think for me, I was so set on what, what I wanted to do. And I think for me, it was, I can't deviate from that plan because if I deviate from that plan, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to feel lost. And in fact, feeling lost is okay for a little while. And I certainly did feel lost for a good year. Um, and once you feel lost and you get a plan together, um, then you're kind of on the road, you know, a, what I like to call a, a yellow brick road of where you want to go. Excuse oh, the reference. Exactly. <laughs> I know I couldn't. But no, I've, I've certainly been down a lot of yellow brick roads you know, um, and I end up in HR today from, you know, trying to see why I wanted to go in lots of different sectors previously. It's interesting, though, because when I was obviously doing my old Google search on you before we chatted today. <laughs> do I appear on Google, do I? You have to still stalk your guests. That's like part yeah, of, of the world when you're doing podcasts. But um, <laughs> all of the careers you've kind of worked through so whether that's teaching swimming to kids or whether that's kind of the care setting stuff into HR they're all jobs where you have to really care about people right so yeah, there's like obviously a connection there it's all about people mm -hmm. for you yeah I'm, I'm certainly people focused and you know staying connected with people is everything that I thrive from you know I'm, I'm not one of these that sit by myself and is quite uh, introverted you know I'm very very out there sociable people helping caring and certainly you're absolutely right certainly in all the roles they all are caring roles and um, throughout that I think I've probably learned that um, 
not growing up, but growing up to be a mature, caring, loving person, which in some roles, maybe that doesn't develop so quick. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Like it's maybe not seen as like such an asset. Mm, Completely. And were you always like that? Like as a little kid, were you always quite caring? Were you always kind of thinking, was that kind of, do you reckon a, a job like this and all the things you've done were maybe on the cards from you, for you, for when you were little? Now, I know if I said one answer, my mum would say another answer. <laughs> I think I'm going to love your mum, by the way. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I certainly was was caring um, and, and loving. I'm, I'm certainly a people person and a family orientated person. So um, I hope they would agree with that. I certainly am close to all my family and friends now. So um, you grow up with it, don't you? You grow up caring and, you know, what's around you, your surroundings. You, you grow up to kind of be like that and who you're inspired to be and was there anyone particular when you were a kid or kind of going through school that was like a particular kind of mentor for you or kind of helped you on the very varied path you've been on yeah I think certainly along the way you know uh, within within media you know there's amazing tutors and teachers in in secondary school and and Highlands who really do develop your thinking because that's what education is all about and then uh, going into childcare again it's all the the amazing teachers that you work with to show you kind of you know what best practice is and then going into healthcare is how to make people feel um you know loved and cared for and you know preserving their dignity and their independence and, and then going into HR that all comes together because that's what you what you need to have when obviously you're having conversations with people and everything like that so yeah so it's all tied together then it is yeah it's a variety of people I know people say this is a person I wanted to be but for me no it's I think um you choose your own path and you um you get inspired with who you allow people to be connected to you to then um where you go in the future down that yellow brick road I keep saying it but it's, it's great I love it I might call this podcast episode Yellow Bit Road is right. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that will be a theme. There you Um, go. It's interesting what you say there about who you allow yourself to connect to, Mm. which gives me a feeling that you're somebody that's got good boundaries then, because not many people think about the connections they have in their life as something that they allow in like or make choices about. I think often we can feel like we're kind of just lumped with what we've got, right? So do you feel like you're quite boundaried in kind of how you use your energy? Yeah, I mean, I've certainly got a lot of energy and I, I find it very hard to switch off, very hard to switch off. And it is exactly why my mum got me that sign was because I'm very, very um, career focused, high energy, high enthusiasm with everything. In terms of boundaries, I'd say I've got high expectations, but don't we all? We've all got high expectations. Um, and certainly something that I have learned throughout and I want to be a TV presenter, I want to be a radio presenter and, you know, those were the boundaries that uh, if it wasn't anything to do with that, then I wasn't going to deviate from the plan. And in fact, it's okay to deviate from the plan and you may have boundaries, but you need to have a level of flexibility as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Like the balance between the two. Yeah, definitely. And we were chatting before about kind of all the different things you've done um, kind of throughout your life to date. But again, from my Googling, you've got a lot going on no wonder your mum bought you this sign right because it's not like you've just got a job that you do you do loads of different so you're the chairman of the jersey green room club yeah you've got like a full-time day job i do yeah Mm -hmm. 
But there's other things on that list as well, isn't there? There is. I mean, lockdown has been a very interesting year. I say lockdown, lockdown being 2020. <laughs> it's been a very interesting year. You know, it's been a very unfortunate year um, for many people, including my family as well. Um, but it's been a year where it's been a focused year for me. And I think lockdown has really helped people to focus on whatever they're doing. And for me, what that was during lockdown was I was completing my master's, which I've just completed. Well, well done. Congrats. Thank you very much. A master's in HR. So uh, that was my my priority, as well as uh, I've been on the the Greenman Club Committee for six years now. Um, That has been a priority in moving stuff. But you know, opportunities come along the way. And being this kind of lost soul um, during the year that I wasn't doing anything, I'm kind of welcome to a lot of opportunities and, you know, thriving off being busy and being energized and enthusiastic. So throughout lockdown, um, I became chairman of uh, Jersey Dips, which stands for Disability and Pools, which helps um, those with disability or impairment um, to kind of regain their confidence and rehabilitation um, in the water. Um, obviously being a swimming teacher, so tying the two together, it, it, it's great. And obviously we're working to reopen soon. Um, and then there is a group called the Performing Arts Development Group, which I don't know if you might be aware of, but basically this group um, brings a lot of clubs and associations together within the performing arts. Um, and ultimately the goal is to have an amazing presence of performing arts on Jersey. And that's basically what the, the group does. So I became chairman um, probably just in, in September, I became chairman. Um, and again, very, very passionate about um, local arts and theatre. Um, and that, that's the reason why I kind of decided to, to take it on, because it's something that I'm passionate about and um, really want to see it thrive in Jersey. So those are the two exciting things that has certainly happened throughout um, lockdown, as well as a master's, as well as a full time job. Um, and that's why. That's why your mum's busy making living that you forget to make a life. (laughs) I love it. It makes sense. It does make sense. But I think when you're passionate about lots of stuff and you want to help, it can be hard not to want to do all the things, right? So I can see how you get there to doing all the different bits. Exactly. And I think I think the key to all of it is to 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 stay connected to everyone. So for me, I don't have to just stay connected to my friends and family. I have to stay connected to the variety of committees I'm on, uh, communicating to members. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's a balanced it's a balanced role. Um, but you also need to communicate with yourself and stay connected to your inner self, which, again, is, is um, easier said than done in some cases. So how do you make sure then, so like you're saying, there's loads of different people in your life, family, friends, your new dog that we were just talking about before mm. we came on air, which I'm very excited. I'm going to have to see a picture of him at some point. You will. Um, and then obviously all your work commitments and the committees and things. How do you make sure that you're staying connected to to all those people in a way that makes sense for you? Have you got particular things you do or is it kind of a bit of fly by the seat of your pants? Uh, a very good question. I think for me is. Um, probably staying very organized you have to be organized if you if you're not organized nothing will work and certainly with a full-time job plus the committee uh, committees that i'm fortunate to sit on um it's definitely being organized if you're organized everything else will come naturally whether it's communicating whether it's connecting with them and everything like that so yeah being organized and things will follow through really um in terms of uh, connecting with everyone 
um, you know, there's a variety of ways that you connect with them. I mean, my, obviously being a people person, I prefer face to face. So that's certainly been really hard. It's, hard, it? it's very hard. You know, there's, I'd like to count how many Zoom calls I've had over the, or you've had, you know, it thousands, thousands and thousands. It, it's, it's a new world that we live in, but, um, you know, staying connected is something that we can all do. But for example, unfortunately, my, my gran, my 86 year old gran, who's got Alzheimer's, she had a heart attack just before Christmas. Oh, no. um, she's, she's recovered now and she's fine. But again, staying connected to, to her um, has been really hard because obviously she doesn't have the technological requirements. And so it, it's been very hard. Um, so you can communicate in, and connect in ways that you'd normally do, but it's harder for other people, which I completely, completely get. So in some ways it's been, you know, writing letters. Oh, bless her. But it's good that she's on the men. That's really good news. Yeah, yeah. And at 86 as well. Good for her. I know. I know. What can I say? Strong family. Good genes. That's what you need. Good genes. I know. I've got, I've got genes on at the moment. Not those kind of genes, right? Not those ones, yeah. So what about... Um, you mentioned kind of before we were talking about kind of all the different people. So staying connected to everyone and all the things, all your kind of things you've got to make sure you're on top of an organization is the key. Mm. But what about time for you? Like, what do you do? Kind of where do you feel most relaxed and most kind of just yourself? On holiday. Uh, <laughs> oh, dare I say I that? Can't talk about holidays. Uh, no, don't mention the H word. Uh, obviously, like everyone, you know, being on holiday is just the time for you to unwind and relax. Um, and I think we've all kind of adjusted to not going on holiday and we've all probably made plans to be on holiday last year and have them postpone and then rebook and everything like that. But certainly um, throughout lockdown, like I said, I got a, an amazing puppy called Kinder, who's a Labradoodle, uh, who turned six months yesterday, bless him. Um, and I was just saying, you know, I, I don't have children, um, but he is a child. He is a child. So in terms of being... Um, time for me is walking him because mm. you know lots of people love going on walks I certainly love walking him on the beach in the park or anything like that so that's certainly me time uh, walking and you know just uh, relaxing and unwinding really and did you find that when you got him you were more inclined to do those things because he was kind of reliant on you yeah definitely definitely so I think um, I've spoken to a lot of people and the, the the first lockdown did anybody do any exercise did anybody I, leave the house I did in the first one the second one I found harder oh wow no I, I just got it, way was, around. it was Christmas I was like I'm gonna eat the cheese I'm gonna eat the biscuits all is lost now I know drink the gin <laughs> drink all the things really exactly but no the, the first lockdown um there was no exercise there was no nothing um it was just work 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 right I've spoken to a lot of people where their their healthy work-life balance just went straight out the window not because uh, their work was demanding it just because they could do it they had the flexibility to do it so let's log on at nine o'clock let's finish at five o'clock let's make some dinner let's do what we need to do and let's log on back at eight o'clock and do it till 11 o'clock and that was you know weeks and months of people's lives um but then when I've had kinder um that kind of went out the window in a good way because you know it really encouraged me to do some exercise again a bit of me time connecting with myself connecting with him um and you're right because a, a dog is so reliant on you just like a child you need to make sure they're okay they're entertained they're watered they're fed they go on walks and everything like that so yeah it certainly it certainly changed changed me definitely it's weird, isn't it? Because it's that thing of 
when it's you, like, you know, it's good for you to go for a walk and get outside and get the fresh air and stuff. But when no one's relying on you to do it, you're like, oh, it's only me, right? But when someone or a doggy is reliant on you, you're kind of, it's a bit more accountability, isn't it? So you kind of, you're more likely to do it for them than you are for you. Yeah, I I see myself talking to him going, can I just watch this episode on Amazon Prime? (laughs) Just give me an hour, Kinder, and then we can go for walks. He doesn't understand. He just seems walks in right there. So <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to work on his um, knowledge of the English language, I think. Before yeah, it definitely. It's not dancing you back that you've got an issue, right? So oh, just yeah. He's the most vocal dog ever, honestly. <laughs> he knows to sit in port and that's it. <laughs> Love it. So do you think, I'm, I'm guessing that the answer is going to be no to this one, just from the sign that your mum's bought you. But do you think you're good at focusing on yourself? No, no, I, um, I, I do try to definitely. Um, like I said, unwinding can be hard. Um, so again, that sign really makes me to think more about unwinding time for you, time for yourself and everything. Um, it is hard, especially when you've got a busy schedule like lots of people. Um, but I don't do it um, to just keep busy I do it because I care I do it because I want to um, and I want to give back so if if that if I go to sleep at night knowing that I've made a difference then well that's okay yeah it's interesting isn't it it can be hard to kind of find the line but if you're happy then that's the main thing right exactly but no my mum's drilled that into me don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> and what about um going forward then what do you have any kind of big goals for this year anything that you're kind of focused on Oh, that's a that's a very good, very good question. I mean, in terms of goals, um, I've had so many goals previously, and again, they've taken me down different yellow brick roads. Um, so, you know, I don't know what path I'll be skipping down <laughs> later on. Who knows? But um, certainly, in terms of my professional career, um, I'm very career driven. So, I'd like to continue on 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 that path. Um, and in terms of the Green Room Club, I'd really like to see um, show fantastic shows be put onto um, onto the Jersey Opera House stage, the Arts Centre, and any anywhere else, um, and all the other committees that I'm on. Just you know, making a difference. But I wouldn't say I've got any specific goals. I mean, my goal last year was to definitely complete my masters. Um, I think I'm taking a bit more of a relaxed approach this year. Um, I definitely want to um, paraglide off. Um, Table Mountain in South Africa if that's a goal I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that it is a goal but I think maybe it won't be a 2021 goal just based on the flights true very true (laughs) and the cost as well oh that sounds like a quite random but very exciting thing to want to do yeah I mean I've paraglided off uh, Lion's Head in South Africa so I think the next big thing is Table Mountain so you're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger bigger and bigger I don't know what's after um, Table Mountain you're going to have to maybe move out of South Africa for the next one, I think. Yeah, maybe. California, um, maybe. Yeah, that's true. They've got loads of stuff like that there, haven't they? Yeah. It was funny what you were saying there about like wanting to get some shows up and running for the Green Room Club. Mm. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, like it's interesting how like the goals you have maybe at the beginning of 2020, like we're going to put this amazing show on and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then suddenly 2020 happens and now it's like, we just like to put a show on, just like to be in a... like 
the the parameters of the goals change, right? Yeah, I mean, every, everybody laughs at me. I mean, I think I was certainly within my first year as chairman. Um, and, you know, you go into a role and you want to, you know, change things. You want to encourage new ways of working. And, you, you know, so the first thing um, that I was successful in is in changing the traditional pantomime um, into a musical. So um, I'm directing, I was supposed to be directing Shrek the Musical at the Opera House last year um, with the amazing Danielle Lacane and Luke Brown as the musical director. Um, and that didn't happen. And we were kind of like, I was so determined at the beginning of the year. I'm going, no, guys, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to set the auditions. We're going to do it because it's going to happen. Um, I think it got to a couple of weeks before June and I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, we, but throughout that, we've got, you know, amazing shows such as Shrek the Musical, Kinky Boots. Um, oh, I love Kinky Boots. Isn't it amazing? It's a great show. We've got Elf the Musical. Um, and we've just announced recently that we're doing the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, amazing. Um, so we've got a oh, fantastic lineup. My childhood Disney days. Mm-hmm. All great shows, uh, family friendly, uh, which everybody loves. So you're absolutely right. We've we've had this amazing schedule of what the Green Room Club shows are going to look like for the next two, three years. And that's just all been kind of pushed to one side. And you're absolutely right. We just want to put a show on. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we were supposed to be doing Ghost the, uh, Ghost the Musical, which we were supposed to do last April. Uh, we we're supposed to be doing this June. And whether that is likely, who knows? Who knows? Just have to wait and see. I've got my fingers and my toes crossed for you. Oh, my God. Hopefully, you've got lots of fingers and toes crossed. <laughs> Love it. Well, we'll keep an eye out. And hopefully, when it is on, everyone will flood to see it. Definitely. And then what about kind of, so no like specific goals this year, then kind of being a bit more chill about it. But is there anything, kind of any relationships in your life or anything that you want to kind of invest in more or do a bit better this year? Um, again, I'm looking at this, this, the sign again, probably, you know, I'm a very family orientated person anyway. And, you know, I spend a lot of time with family and friends. But again, it's probably hard to draw the line between when you're working and when you're not working. And, um, you know, I, I, I work 24 seven, there's no kind of clear line for me, you know, I've, I've gone away on holiday and still worked, but haven't we all? Um, and when you're so invested in something, you don't mind doing it. But I think uh, in terms of relationship, probably having that clear definition of when you're working and when you're not working. And I don't just mean when you're working your nine to five job. It's obviously working outside and investing your time on the committees and everything. So, yeah, probably more of a relationship with myself and more of a relationship with friends and family when not working. Because I know, yeah. you, know you, you could see your friends and family going, and you're, you're with them and you're on your phone and you're doing an email or you're, you know, Instagramming or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's just a clear, no, no phone, no technology. Let's, let's play some cards, for example. Yeah, being a bit more present in the moment you're in. Exactly. It can yeah. be hard, right? And I think like, especially with social media, you can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It really is hard. And I think certainly throughout lockdown, I mean, like I said before, my 86-year-old gran um, Zoomed me the other day, you know, um, for the first time. Like she, she doesn't even know what, what this device is called that she has in her hand called an iPad. Um, and she is suddenly seeing me on this screen and bless her, she's got Alzheimer's, so she doesn't understand. But um, it's, it's certainly forced all um, generations 
to get more digital, whether that's rightly or wrongly, who knows? Because mm. certainly in, uh, you know, some age demographics, they are glued to the screen, to say well, the I least. I think I am sometimes. Like, you know, I run a business, a big part of that is social media. I have to remind myself, like, if I go on a walk with a friend, I leave my phone in the car because otherwise I'm, there's just too much temptation, right? Yeah, that's actually it's a really good tip. Here. But I'm th- in my 30s. I should be able to keep something in my pocket without looking at it, but apparently not. I know. Well, that's a really good tip, actually. And I've started doing that, certainly when going on, on walks, because you can just be distracted and go for a walk and be on your phone. But you're right. Keep your phone away. And like you say, be in the moment. I'm tempted to get one of those. Have you seen the little cages where you lock your phone in a cage and it only lets it out at certain times? No, I haven't. Oh, I, I don't know if I trust myself for that. I'd probably try break it. Well, my challenge would be like I'd set the house on fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite clumsy. So I think that's <laughs> Well, Ryan, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you for joining me today. But before we wrap up, how can our listeners find out more about you and the Green Room Club and all the stuff you do so that when you finally get back to putting those wonderful shows on that we can um, we can come and watch? Yeah, definitely. So uh, people can contact me um, either via LinkedIn. Um, so it's Ryan Williams um, on LinkedIn. Um, in terms of the Green Room Club, we've got an up-to-date page at the Jersey Green Room Club and my email's on there and Jersey Dips, um, there's a, there's an email as well. So, you know, contact me in any email address you have. I think I've got seven emails. Uh, again, staying connected, um, <laughs> certainly staying connected with the different seven emails that I've got. So, yeah, they, they can contact me on either. And I, I look forward to them. I'll put all the info in the show notes as well, because if anyone wants to know more about Jersey Dips or about the Green Room Club, they can find you there. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's been so nice to chat to you and I'll see you soon. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And why not subscribe now so you don't miss out? If you really enjoyed this episode, then please don't forget to leave it a five-star review because they really do help. And why not head over to Instagram, share the episode with your family and friends and tag us too. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to stay connected.